There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And it's great to be back with you for yet another week with another amazing guest. I'm delighted to have uh, my friend uh, and uh, an amazing expert. We'll, we'll discuss her background in a moment, Wendy Keller, on the show. Wendy's been a, a guest on the show before, which is why I think she's a, a, a friend of um, the Business Elevation Show. And uh, I think, Wendy, I think it was probably a couple of hundred shows or so ago since you were last on. So I think about five or six years, believe it or not. So uh, incredible how time flies. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is a long time. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited. You're very welcome. And, and I just want to pose the question out to everybody today is whether you're planning to write a nonfiction book. Um, it's, because there's so many books out there, aren't there? And um, a book is a brilliant vehicle uh, if you want to uh, generate more business and uh, get yourself known, become a thought leader, um, you may have already um, have uh, written a book. So still listen, because you're going to learn lots today, which is going to help you moving forward. But you might be wondering, how do you attract the best agents and publishers to to help you? And how do you become an excellent client generator through your work? Now, Wendy Keller is the founder of Keller Media. Uh, it's She's a literary agent, and she's behind more than 1,800 nonfiction book deals over, over the world. Um, and she's helped to transform people um, into, into, into a content marketing consultant. Her work's generated millions in revenues for her clients. She's personally taught over 20,000 authors on how to get published. Her online book proposal writing class is a 72% success rate, and that's pretty good, 72%. Uh, and that's bookproposalworkshop.com if you want to find out more. She's launched the careers of uh, almost 10,000 new and beginning speakers, so they get paid for their work. Now, you know, you might have a hobby um, at home. You might like to go fishing, or you might like to ride on your bike, or you might like to do um, play golf or whatever. But Wendy... Wendy's hobby has been writing, and she's written 31 traditionally published books under nine pseudonyms, and 11 uh, have been self-published. Her books have led her to be featured on 57 television programs. She's been a guest for more than 500 radio shows and hundreds of podcasts, and she's been featured in the media on Good Morning America, Dateline NBC, The Scotsman, Entrepreneur Magazine, New York Post, Chicago Sun, Times, Los Angeles Times, and many others. She even had a testimonial segment on Anthony Robbins' infomercial for four years. So Wendy knows how to turn ideas into revenues and get content creators the success they desire. So a huge welcome today uh, to my guest, Wendy Keller. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It's just a thrill to be here. I love helping people who have a mission, who have a goal, turn that into success and, and reach as many people as humanly possible. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Very, very welcome. And, you know, I, I know that this is true. We've had uh, a lot of conversations over the years. And 
I'm just sort of intrigued just to just before we get into all the detail on how to do this. I mean, how's life been with you over the last six years since we last had you as a guest on the show? You know, absolutely fabulous. I've changed my business model to adapt to the world publishing market, and it's been so deeply enriching and rewarding and and productive for me and for the clients. And and I've seen a real change in the kind of authors who succeed and the reasons people do books more than I would have ever thought, more than I saw in the first part of my career. And that's been really wonderful. The pandemic, of course, hit the publishing industry hard. It hit agents and authors hard. And speakers, of course, were wiped out for a while. But now, you know, there's a whole new world. I feel like after a fire, the little green leaves and little flowers start to show up. And that's what it feels like on the business landscape that I see right now. Yeah. Full of hope. Just, just going to that, that point you made there, how, how have things changed, though? Well, you know, in the old days, uh, speaking was pretty competitive. It was largely, at least in the U.S., it was a number of core speakers who were getting massive amounts of money. There was not a whole lot of room to come in and work your way up. And because events were live, meeting planners had a different set of rules by which they were operating. Now we see a hybrid model becoming very successful. I own a speakers bureau for clients, only for my clients. And I um, I noticed that meeting planners now are doing hybrid. So there's a virtual and a live component, which opens up the door for new and emerging speakers, people who are in the $7,500 US range. You know, there's a bigger opportunity than I've ever seen in the 20-ish years I've been working with speakers. On top of that, the publishers have really become more strict about what an author needs as a platform, the marketing pieces, their social media, their their other media, their all the pieces that a publisher looks at to determine whether or not the book is a good viable option for them. And the wonderful thing about that is that it gives people a real opportunity to build their systems, their infrastructure, their business. That's where I'm passionate. Build their marketing before they trot the project out to a publisher and then they get the publisher and it's resting now on the knowledge of how to really turn that into a revenue generator for the author. Otherwise they were making a couple bucks a book and that was the end of it. And, you know, they crossed their fingers and really hoped that something would happen. But now there's absolutely a process and there's absolutely an expectation that they'll show up in the publisher's office with that process in place. And and that's thrilling. So so is that, that changed then that once upon a time people thought well i need to get myself known i need to i need to uh, become much more visible i'll write a book and that should do it for me and now (laughs) now the publishers say no 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 you need to come to us or with that already created a little bit of it you know it depends on this content right i have a client who's a big deal in uh, switzerland who i sold his book in the u.s his book will be hugely successful once it's published, but his reputation was primarily in Europe. And so selling him to a U.S. publisher, they could see that he had that reputation. And now the book will make him also hopefully just as famous in the United States as he is in his own uh, in, in the EU, basically. And then on top of that, um, there are clients, of course, who are U.S. citizens, which is the bulk of my list, um, and they are preparing the infrastructure based on their real goals. People always say, oh, the book will bring me new clients or the book will spread my message. 
But what they really mean is, will the book move me forward in my career so I can be more influential? And now if you have the right markers so that you are more influential, your mission is better known and people are responding to it, you are much better prepared both in what to write and who's going to buy it and which agents you're going to attract and what the future of that book will be. So people who self-publish, I don't know so much about, but people who do it the right way through the main gate of publishing end up with much better results as you know, we were talking just before the show about one of my clients who you're going to interview. She's an example of someone who worked to put all the pieces together, worked with me for probably six months or a year. And then she got a big book deal and she's got speaking engagements coming in. I'm already getting requests for her. The book isn't even written yet. And that's what we wanted to create. That's what most people now have the advantage to do is to do the, do it right so that they get the much bigger results. Even 15 years ago, 10 years ago, someone would write a book and then they would hope really hard that, you know, miracles were going to happen or they'd hire a publicist for 40,000 US and the publicist would get them three interviews and then the whole show is over and they've lost all that money. It's so much better now for the authors. It's so much better specifically for nonfiction authors. Amazing. And, and there's some, um... Uh, one of the stats I think I picked up from looking at your website is uh, the amount of books that are actually out there. Yeah. <laughs> over, over 30 million different 30 titles million. on Amazon. Oh, That's crazy. Word. Christ, so 30 million. So actually, it's really important to go about it the right way to stand out, I guess. Well, think about it. I mean, how would someone find your book unless they knew to go look for it? I mean... Amazon has an algorithm that determines which books they show. Customers who bought this also buy that. Well, let's think this through. Amazon is a business, right? The books that they're pitching are not necessarily customers who also bought that. They're people whose books are doing well, and they think if you bought this, then you should buy that. It may not have, it may not be as quite as uh, straightforward as the consumers tend to think it is. So, so given that backdrop. What are the best strategies that a future author might want to consider? Well, you know, if you didn't wake up with a silver spoon in your mouth or you're not an international celebrity, <laughs> you're going to have to do a little bit of work. Most of the people who work with me are, you know, they're business people, they're coaches, they're consultants, they're doctors with a new methodology, they're therapists, they're, you know, they're, they're people who want to be or who are speakers, you know, there's a, a large, large number of business consultants, the value, especially, and then there's a lot of people who are at a stage in their life where they just want to do something fun after they've quit their regular job and they're taking, you know, they're, they're uh, in, in early retirement, semi-retirement. So I think that the value is to first determine whether or not your content has mm, market appeal. There's a thousand books out there like yours. I guarantee it, no matter what you're writing, and I don't even know what you're writing, I can tell you that there are a thousand books. Whether or not they're selling, whether or not people are responding to them remains to be seen. You need to first find the differentiator, the hook, the interesting, the, I call it the NDBM, new, different, better, more. You need to find out what you're going to sell to a publisher that's going to make the consumer buy it. We know that humans tend to buy seven or more books on the same topic with or without any results. So people who are broke are going to buy six or seven or eight books on how to be more successful. Book, people who are overweight are going to buy six or seven or eight books on diet. The, if you look at your own bookshelf, you'll usually see that your main areas of interest, you have numerous books on those topics. We count on that. So how do you become the fifth or sixth or seventh book someone buys on your topic? Well, you have to figure out 
how your book will fit into the market. There's a strategy for that. It's longer than I can do in a podcast, but there's a strategy for testing the method of your content and the wording of your content. It doesn't mean you have to change it. It just means you might have to take it from a different facet. If you think of a diamond, there are different ways of looking at it that you get different refraction. It might just be doing that work with your content to determine what's the most likely and appealing way to make the public want what you've got. Okay. So that's, so that is get, getting that hook and that differentiator is the, the first term part. Now you, um, you, you're not, a lot of people go out there and self-publish, don't they? And your, your, your story yeah. is publishing. I mean, can well, you light on that? Let's say you've got the best idea ever for, uh, let's say, a, a book on sales or mark, how people can be better at sales. And you're so excited about it. And you go and publish it thinking that the world is going to come to you and find it on Amazon, which is the largest bookseller in the world. And they're going to find it and it's going to be great. And you're going to be hired to speak and consult and all. You know, the truth is that there are hundreds of books. If you go to Amazon, for instance, and you typed in sales books, you'll probably find 50, 60, 100 that are maybe selling a little bit. But the average self-published book in the United States, and it's worse, frankly, outside the United States, it sells 117 copies on average. That's ridiculous. My dog knows 117 people. It's sad. Yeah. And there's a lot an enormous amount of work goes into writing a book, isn't there? So Well, it's not I don't know that it's so much the work of writing. Most people tell me how much they love writing, but the the truth is if you haven't built a way to put your hand up to get people to know you're out there and to be attracted to your material, what are your real chances? And people say, Well, I just wanted to get it off my chest, so I self-published. That is not the way to get anything in the minds of the public. That just gets off your if you want to do that, then you should self-publish, but never plan to come to a publisher, because if you self-publish and fail by the industry standards, your mother may be proud of you, but if you fail by industry standards and sell those 117 copies or 300 copies is about the same in a year or two, what that says to literary agents and who are the gatekeepers for publishing and to the publishers, all the publishers is, hi, I'm a failure. I don't know how to do this. Please give me your money and time to help me create another failure. And nobody's going to take you up on that. Yeah. So, so who then's your ideal client? Someone with a passion, a real passion and the, and the awareness of what it takes to grow a business. Because growing your book is part of growing a business. A book is a marketing tool, but you have to market it. You know, people say it's like a business card. It's like if your business cards are in a box in your desk, they're not doing anything. They're not giving you clients because you're not going to networking events. A book could be used to grow pretty much anything you want if you go through the right strategy and you think about it logically and you consider it a component of your business strategy and you have a business strategy or are willing to create one and put in the time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so right from the outset then, we, we just got a couple of minutes to commercial break. Should you be thinking about client generation or is it is it because some people think well like, I like want to I want to publish a book um, I'd like yes. I, I want to feel like I've got you know some of my works and you know there in uh, legacy bound and there's a legacy in front of me um, but from your opinion should we be thinking of client generation as a priority I not before you do the book no. Not before you do the book. There's lots of other things that will make a difference to a publisher. You come and say, look, I've got 500 or 1,000 clients and every one of them is going to buy a book. The publisher is going to yawn in your face. You yeah. can't pitch that. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's it's, nothing. It's, it doesn't move their needle. But there are ways to do it. There are ways to think it through, depending on what the the author's real goals are. And and that's you know that's the fun part. That's the first question I ask someone when I get on the phone with them is, what do you really want? And they always say legacy and leave something behind. And, and then then when we're done with all that, which means nothing to publishers, then we talk about what's real. Right. Okay. Well, after the break, this has been great. Let's talk about what's real uh, and, uh, and have a conversation about, uh, you know, the, the different components that we really do need to think about um, in turning your book into something that you're, you're, you're proud of, adds value, but also um, as a vehicle for client generation. We're back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Wendy Keller, and we've been talking about publishing. We've been talking about writing a, writing a book and clients. And Wendy, you're an agent. And... Firstly, I mean, can people bypass agents in the United States to get a book published or um, is the best approach to find an agent? And then let's have a talk about how does somebody um, write something that is compelling enough and substantial enough uh, and them in their kind of desires and qualities for you to want to take them on as a client? Uh, Thank you. That's a great question, Chris. I think that 
you know, my I'm pretty typical of agents, although I've been doing it probably longer than some and less than others. Um, I'm a boutique agent, which means a small number of agents as opposed to the mega, you know, the people who represent uh, Michelle Obama or Brad Pitt or whatever for their next book or, or Prince Harry. But um, the the way that publishers work, mid-sized publishers and large publishers, is that they don't take things that haven't been vetted and are not offered by a agent. The reason for that is, number one, in the past, in 25, 30 years ago, people would say, you stole my book. And it would be wrong, but it would be similar enough to whatever that they submitted that they would create these spurious, annoying lawsuits. So that's not allowed anymore. They turn down unsolicited materials. And then the other thing is that, you know, they know that the agents have taken the time because we're working on commission and we've taken the time to look at the material, help it. The author must have some credibility because an agent whose life depends on commission sales is going to only look for projects that are going to sell well and certainly sell. I, I don't take on things that aren't going to sell, obviously. I, have I been wrong? Yes, but not very often. Every other year, maybe there's a book that doesn't sell on the first pass and I pull the author back. We rebuild their platform or then we grow it more and change the content a little bit. So you can't really get an agent. I mean, you can get an agent if you're going, you can, you can get a publishing deal where you pay money or they don't give you any money up front, but usually that's about as worse and that's about as bad as self-publishing. So no, you can't really get a real publisher in the U.S. or the U.K. or any other English-speaking country or any major country, frankly, without an agent anymore. It just doesn't work that way. It's not worth their time to look at garbage hoping to find the pearl. And I guess the agents have all the connections as well, the good agents. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they, but we all work with the same people. I always tell people when you get to the point where you have more than one agent, which is very rare, you have more than one agent interested in your material, you should think about which one has a personality and has a vision for your book that matches you. And, and that's the only differentiator because it's the same group of editors. If I'm selling a sales book, I know exactly which 15 or 20 editors in the United States or 40 agents outside the U.S. are going to be, or publishers, are going to be interested in that particular book. It's not, it's, they're the same people. We're selling to the same crowd. Yeah. And what if somebody, somebody comes to you with an idea um, what's, what attracts you to want to take them on as a client versus the common mistakes people make who you would reject? I, I think, so, so most of the people who end up being my clients whose books I represent have come to me by referral from someone I respect. So that's kind of a niche. There are also many, many people, probably upwards of 2,000 people a year who come through our portal, kellermedia.com slash query, who send in their material and it gets screened and every now and then it makes it to my desk, um, but usually not. There's usually a combination of the idea is off, the author has no credentials or inadequate credentials or no platform, or the, the material is just not well thought through, like we said in the first segment about new, different, better, more, you know, people skip that step because they think their idea is so brilliant because they woke up at three o'clock on a Tuesday with it. And that's not how it works. But the benefit is so, and, and then the other, so this for the last few years and going forward, my passion is to work with people 
consult them actually for a fee. I consult them to build their platform because it's very hard to get a publisher without a platform. So I consult them. I take them through the process. We see where their content is interesting to the world. That's a specific long process. And then while we're doing that, we build secondary revenue streams, whether that is bringing more clients into their business or get, and or getting them paid speaking and building an online course or selling their content to an online course or hundreds of different options. It kind of depends on the client so that they've got money coming in already that proves to a publisher. Now, when I go to the publisher and say, this person did 20 speeches in the last 12 months and they've got 15,000 people, they went from zero to 15,000 in LinkedIn and they've got this, you know, online workshop that people are enrolling in the average of 30, you know, 30 people a month are in low enrolling. Now they've seen that you've got all these revenue streams that prove that there's money in your content. Publishers would rather hitch their wagon to a rising star than be the horse that pulls the cart out of the barn. They want to see that you've got something going on. And it's taken me, I've talked till I'm blue in the face about how to do it, but people didn't do it because they didn't understand how to customize it to them. So the joy of my life at this point really is helping people figure out what to do to get that attraction, get that enthusiasm, get that money flowing toward them so that when a publisher takes a peek at what they've got, their book and their platform, they can't help but say yes. And it's been successful every single time. I'm very, very pleased with that. And people are building revenue and new careers and and they're getting excited about sharing their material in new forms and formats. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I know you have all the, the materials as well around your work to help people, but who... um. Obviously, there's this kind of media people people can approach online or through, yeah. through to you. But when, when people are looking for an agent, who should they, you know, what are the characteristics they must look for? So there's only one question. Has the agent sold books like yours? Because that means that they know those editors. People come to me all the time and ask me to represent poetry or juvenile books or fiction or whatever. I don't know any of those editors. I do know the sales, marketing, finance editors, entrepreneurship. I know the self-help, diet, fitness, parenting, all that other stuff. Those are people I've spent my career building relationships with. So these are the people I can pick up on my phone and say, hey, what are you doing? I got something you should look at. That's what you want, an agent who's got deep, intimate relationships in the genre of your book. If you don't know what your genre is, go to a bookstore and look at the back of the book, look at the books that are like yours, and then look at the back of them or look at the sign above it and see what genre it is. And then when you know that, you only want to, rep- you only want to sell to agents who represent books in your same genre and who have represented books lately. So every agent brags, we have a sold list on our website, every agent does. You wanna look at that and say, does this person have books like mine that they've sold in the past? Now it doesn't mean exactly like yours or they're not gonna sell it, right? But it means books in your genre. So if that's true, then the agent who has sold and is selling books like yours will have those viable relationships. The only other factor is, do you like this person and do they have a big vision for you? Yeah. And, and you've got a you've got a, a course online um, book proposal book proposal writing, um, and um, that is is that something that you help your clients to write for the publisher, or must they write that for you first? No, um, if they haven't written a proposal, we recommend that they take our class or find another way, hire a, a writer. That's about fifteen thousand US if you want to hire a writer. 
um, to write just the proposal for you. That's about 40 to 60 pages based on your content. But um, that our book proposal writing workshop, I teach it. And then I have a team of editors who come in and um, make edits and improve and offer feedback and all this other stuff. But I teach people simultaneously the structure and how to write the proposal. But I also teach them how editors are perceiving those different sections of the book proposal and what kind of marketing they should be doing easy, simple, quick marketing they should be doing at least to start their platform building. That's a, that process has been very successful for people who actually follow through. The problem with the, the course, frankly, is that people get two weeks into it and they go, well, fine, I'm going to self-publish because publishing is stupid. Well, it's a business and you have to, you have to do the things that are required. You couldn't, man, you couldn't decide tomorrow you're going to start manufacturing gym shoes and then just start only building them for the left foot. But that's kind of what people do with books. I don't know why. But you find an agent, you know, so when you have a proposal, you will have learned enough in the process of writing a proposal with me or on your own or however you're going to do it, hiring a writer, you will have learned a lot. And then from that, when you present that proposal to agents, they will be much more likely to say yes, because we have less work to do. It might be a little bit of editing to make it match what that agent knows is currently selling, but it won't be from, you know, from the ground up. It gives you a big advantage when you're seeking out agents who have sold and are selling books like yours. And then when you get several agents, which has been the case for most of my graduates, when you have several agents vying for the opportunity to publish your or to represent your book, now suddenly you have to choose which one you like personality-wise. And that's pretty much the end of it. So this is a little bit like uh, getting a getting a getting a job, or um, maybe you know, the studies that you did at university. You have to play the game. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, and that's unfortunate, but that's how it works. You know, if you want to reinvent the wheel and self-publish, good luck with those hundred and seventeen copies. You know, sorry, <laughs> I didn't make the rules. <laughs> but I suppose the thing is, with the publishing world. And I like when people talk to me about, I want to, Chris, I want to publish a book. I know you've, you've done one. Can you give me any tips? Is the, the game isn't necessarily spelt out for everybody, is it? No. Uh, and it, so it needs somebody who can navigate the game for them. Yeah, I think that's really critical. And the other thing that I hear often from clients who jump, clients jump agents sometimes, and clients who are surprisingly successful will often pitch me on their second or third. In fact, I have another call this afternoon with a guy who's writing his fourth book and he wants me to be his agent because his previous agent would sell the deal and then they would just leave it at the doorstep. Like, okay, congratulations, I sold it, bye. And that was the end of it. They didn't do anything to help them with the marketing. I'm only passionate about the marketing. I'm passionate about the business. I'm passionate about the other revenue streams. As far as I know, I'm pretty unique in the publishing industry, at least in the English speaking world, because that is the interest that I have. The book should be a tool to build your business. But a lot of agents, I think, take it, sell it, and then wash their hands of it and go to the next one because our revenue only comes from that advance unless the author has done the right things that they're going to sell a lot of copies. So by helping with the marketing, I increase the number, the amount of money I'll make down the road and that the author will make, of course. Yeah. I think I should point out at this this sort of this point in our interview in that um, the first time I interviewed Wendy was actually about, it was, it was on a book she'd written about building your platform. 
<laughs> building a platform. So I don't think we, we probably talked a bit about books. Um, it was a couple of hundred or so shows ago, but that wasn't the main focus of it. It was about building your platform because one area that you've got great expertise in is platform building. And uh, it's, just, it's lovely now to see you come back with what you're doing and in that you, you know, you are, you do act as an agent for people, but you are helping them to build that platform and helping them through the whole journey through to what should be speaking gigs and things like that. So this is a very different approach. Yes. And I, and it came to me three years ago, I was working with a coach myself and she said, you know, what happens when you do this? I said, I tell people how to do it. And then they don't do it because they don't know how, how can I help them? And she said, well, if you charge for that, then you, and then you sell their book. Now they are not just, I don't really care if you have a platform for growing and selling your book. That's not going to help you in your life. Where my heart is, where my soul is, is let's build a platform that's going to help you in your business. And it's going to give you the opportunity to really share that message with as many people as possible, even people who will never buy your book, but will sit in your audience or who come to you for consulting or who hire you as a coach or an accountant or buy a widget from you. Let's give them the opportunity to interact with you and have them be drawn to you and sell the book. Let's think bigger instead of smaller. Yeah. Sounds great. We've got three minutes to a commercial break. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about it at the end, but you have, um, you've written a whole program on, on in the book proposal, um, book proposal workshop.com. And I wonder out of that, out of all that your experience with uh, with um, book proposals, do you have any top tips in in a couple of minutes that you could share with us on? Absolutely. Um, so, a book proposal is composed of five basic parts: the overview, the author's bio, the chapter summaries, the competitive analysis, and the marketing plan. If you have nothing to put in the marketing plan you're not going to be seen as that desirable by publishers. If you don't have anything in the bio that relates to the content, you're not going to be seen as that desirable. The goal of the proposal is to make the publisher get excited. I usually say it this way. A book proposal is to publishers what a business plan is to venture capitalists. And for the same reason, because you want a complete stranger to invest their money in your idea. You have to think about that for a moment. If you want a complete stranger to invest money in your beautiful, wonderful, amazing, brilliant book, you have to give them a reason to believe that they'll make money on the other side. Yeah. A publisher is going to pay you in advance and you may think, oh gosh, you know, they're giving me 25,000 US. That's all that I'm going to get out of this. The value that the publisher brings is in distribution. It is in development. It is in helping you control the material in such a way and edit it and develop it and grow it so that it actually has the greatest chance of reaching that NDBM that we talked about in the first segment. It gives you a chance to be say, to say, I'm being published by HarperCollins or Simon and Schuster or Hachette, which gives you a huge level of prestige over I'm published by Kindle, you know, or, or uh, yeah. So it gives, or self-published, it gives you so many things beyond that initial money that you get, that that's what you need to think about when you're doing the proposal. Is this document going to get me that first round of money to invest that will allow me to grow my business based on that success? Yeah. And, and I, I guess one thing you also have to consider is book publishers are going to have limits on how many new books they publish each year. Um, I, I remember speaking to the international chief executive of Penguin Random House. He said, we do about 10 in the UK self-development books. And I think about 130, oh. this is a few, 130 in the US. And they kind of had um, you know limits. Um, so 
And I guess from agents and, and from people approaching, they're going to get far more than that. So you've got to really stand out in the way that you can express a good idea and that it, it, it stand out in terms of generating a return for a publisher with a large organization that yes. needs to, yes. to make a profit. Yes, yes, absolutely that. Absolutely you have to stand out. And absolutely that standout is lots of things that are not as labor intensive as authors think they are. If they know what to do, it just kind of works. But the benefit of this proposal is that it lays it all out. And each section of the proposal is of great interest to a different person. Because when a publisher is making a decision to acquire this book instead of that book, and they do have many, so an agent, my, my agency, for instance, might have, I don't know, 2,300, 2,400 to choose from in a year. And I represent 20 right? So, okay, so that's one it, less than 1%. So now a publisher gets books that have been vetted by agents and that the agents all think, but they're still looking at six or 10 or 20 books every month that are coming from agents. So to get through that gauntlet, the publisher is looking at certain things. And what they do is the editor who's interested in your material to whom the agent has sent your proposal, they then take it to a, a meeting that has the publisher, him or herself, as, along with other editors and the sales team and the marketing team and other groups of people who have a viable opinion about whether or not your book is going to make money for the publishing house. That's the question. Will this book make us money? As more and more publishers conglomeratize around the world, the will it make money has become more important than it was when I started my career. That's their question. And if you can prove that you're making money, then they believe they'll make money off your content. Yeah, brilliant. We're going to get a commercial break now. After the commercial break, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more. We'll talk about um, a bit more about agents. We'll talk about um, a platform. Um, we'll talk about um, the workshop, I think, because I think that's a really helpful asset for people who I think you've probably just discovered uh, the percentage game that has to be played here to get uh, a really great publishing deal. So to help get you through that, you need to increase the probability uh, of, of success and uh, the opportunity coming to you. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break with lots of thoughts and ideas, I think, that will can help you uh, become very successful with your book and ultimately a book that will generate value for other people and uh, and for yourself in terms of your business. So back again in just a couple of minutes. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier 
healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayaskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm back with Wendy Keller. We're talking about um, about about books and getting an agent and publishing, etc. And there's something right at the beginning of the interview that was was very intriguing, Wendy. It was an acronym, NDBM. Tell us a bit, little bit more about that. Oh, thank you, Chris. That is that is the piece on which the entire publishing industry hinges. New, different, better, more. NDBM. I made that acronym up a long time ago, to try and help authors remember that just because you have an idea doesn't mean that it's economically viable from your perspective or a publisher's. So what have you got to say that's new that hasn't been said before? How would you know what you've got to say that's different? Your number one first step, and you will do this in my proposal workshop, although with more instructions, um, is to find the books that the consumers already have. Earlier in the show, I said, most people statistically own seven books on any topic that they're interested in. We want your book to be one of those seven. You want your book to be one of those seven. So how do you make that happen? You need to know why your book is going to be better than those seven. You need to go on Amazon and do some research to find the books that the consumers will have already purchased that are out there right now, and then think what you can do better. The reason you want to think about what you can do better is because those books are already published. Tough luck for those authors. They can't change anything. They can't grow. They can write a second book, but they can't do anything with those books. You have the opportunity to come in with this great idea idea. That's why also you should never, ever, ever, ever write the entire book until you have a publisher's check in your bank account. And the reason for that is if you just write the proposal, especially the way I say in the workshop, if you just write the proposal well enough that you can sell the book, now the publisher and the agent can come and give you input and yeah. feedback that's based on our real world experience selling those other books. Because like I said, an agent works in certain genres. Therefore, I've sold your competitors' books to publishers in the past. And the editor to whom I'm going to sell your book has bought and published books like yours. We already know things that you don't know about what could be better. So if you come with a great idea, we can add our expertise and help you grow that so that it becomes even more successful and you get even more excitement and even more media and even more consulting or clients or customers or patients or whatever it is you want to write that book for. That all boils down to new, different, better, more. And if you come up with an idea, that's great, but you got to look around and say, what else is there? And then come to the workshop or learn to write a proposal, which will force you to continue to focus on that one piece so that you can create something that really catches everybody's eye when you send it to the right people. Yeah. 
Yes. You just answered the question beautifully there in terms of um, you mentioned earlier about choosing the right agent who's uh, published, had books published in that genre yeah. before. Because yeah. That, that recently. Sense, <laughs> yeah, recently, because that makes sense, because I, I can imagine there must be so many people approach you who want to buy, write a book about leadership. Yeah. And which I sell. I sell a lot of leadership books. I've yeah. sold, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 of them. I don't know how many. But people also approach me to write memoirs, to represent memoirs, which don't sell. So I don't represent them. They, You can't sell a memoir unless you're famous anymore in my observation of the entire industry. There are flukes, but not often. You can't sell a poetry book. I'm sorry. A guy pitched me last week on a poetry book. But the other things that you would think that people could sell are, hey, I'm writing a relationship book because I'm married to someone who's really nice. Like, how does that make you an expert? How does that differentiate anything? Or you're writing a business book on something that's been written about 3,000 billion times and you haven't got anything new to say, or you never were the sales manager for a multinational company. You've got to have something. How are we going to you? Agents are going to look. The first thing we're going to look for is, does this person have any credibility? Do they have a platform? And is this idea NDBM? I may be the only agent who calls it NDBM, but everybody on my team and all my authors know what that means because that's what the publishers are going to ask from me. An agent is just a conduit to the publisher. We are the gatekeepers. The publishers expect us to come in with your ducks in a row. And we're the ones who kind of whip them into shape. Do you whip ducks? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Poor little ducks. Absolutely new, different, better, and more. And, and got to have something. That plus a platform equals a sold book. Plus a platform. Yep. Yeah. NDBM plus a platform equals a book that'll sell. Yes. Yes. And, it, and it's 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 interesting. I remember going to an event and talking to somebody, and she was a relationship counselor, and she said to me, "You know, I'd uh, I've been through." Um, a huge number of failed relationships over many years. And finally I'm 40 and I've found the person, the, the, the right person for me. And so I think I can give people lots of advice. And for me, I thought, well, if I was 40, it's taken you 20, 20, 25 years. <laughs> am I really going to hire you as a coach? I don't know. <laughs> but somehow she got a proposition to me, not quite right. And, and I guess that's where someone like you can really help people in terms of having seen so many books, so many angles, so many ways people have pitched it, and be able to say, actually, that's new, that's refreshing, that's different. Yeah. And, you know, you can start that path yourself to even get to the point where you get to talk to an agent, right? I do one-on-one -on -one consulting. I do long-term consulting to build platforms. But, it, you know, you kind of have to go through a gauntlet to even get to that because you have to have something already when you walk in the door. With every agent in the world, you have to have something that's going to get their attention out of the deluge of content we get offered all the time. And and that's really what it is. So the way to start, like I said a minute ago, is to go and look and see what other books your likely consumers already have on their shelves. Read, buy and read those books. Don't just skim it. Buy and read those books so that you understand what you can offer. And if they did something that you go, oh my gosh, I really wish... I really wish I'd thought of that. Well, your book isn't written yet. That's why you do this before you write the book. Add it in so that your book has that and more. New, different, uh, better, more. Yeah, I, so I critical. It, it is. And spending all that time writing a book when actually you spend that time instead reading other people's books. And building your platform. platform. Yeah. So, so how, Hello. <laughs> so, your, so your platform, what, what constitutes a, a great and attractive platform for people? So... A great platform is one thing. 
um, the kind that's going to sell for a six-figure advance to a major publisher anywhere in the world. That's a huge platform, and those are big markers. But for most business people, in my experience, the kind of middle-of-the-road platform is any or all or a combination of the following. I'd like you to have 20 or more paid speaking engagements in the last 12 months. That could be virtual or live now. I'd like you to be someone who has a house list, which means you've already got a list of people who have taken your whatever, or they take your class or they're your employees or they're whatever. I'd like you to have a house list of people who you have regular contact with, right? So a woman pitched me last week such that I got so excited I got her on the phone. She told me she has 1,100 people on her house list, which is very small. She said, I have 1,100 people on my list. They've all bought my services before. And I said, great, when's the last time you were in touch with them? And she said, oh, well, as soon as they finish working with me, we don't communicate with them again. That is not a house list. You need to be in touch with these people every three weeks. And the number that I would be looking for to impress a publisher is around 25,000 people. Right. If I'm going to sell it. Remember, these are and or. And these are the things that I coach people to get so that they can be impressive to a publisher. Another thing is media. If you're getting media that's long term, I mean, if you. If your brother-in-law stabbed somebody and now you're on television to talk about how he stabbed somebody, that's disgusting, but it's possible. Your media is a flash in the pan. Nobody's going to be, nobody's even going to remember your name in a month. But if you're doing something that's important and you're sustainably on media, such that when the book comes out, we know you'll get more media in the U.S. and abroad. Now, suddenly that's valuable. When were you last on media? What did they talk to you about? Is it related to the subject of your book? Are you a consultant? If you're a consultant, are you working with celebrities? Are you working with known companies? Are you working with um, people who are famous? Are you Have you ever worked with someone who's famous? Have you ever done anything that's going to have some kind of buzz on it? The next thing I would look for pending those things is, does this person have powerful friends? Are they somebody who's got six or 10 or 20 people who are really well known in the topic area who are interesting? Like, for instance, Chris, if you happen to know the number one, I don't know, the number one brain surgeon in the UK, lovely. What does that really have to do with your book? It's not necessarily related, especially if it's just his book, his name. But if he's the number one brain surgeon and he also has, you know, 600,000 Twitter followers and he's your best friend, now suddenly it means something to a publisher because there's probably a chance that he's going to promote you. It would also be valuable if they have a successful podcast. Everybody in their dog tells me they have a podcast, but very few people do the work that you've done, Chris, to build an audience, to hone your material. You have this amazing group now of people who come in and do masterminds with you. You're building this huge empire, which is really helping people connect. You do this podcast to connect people. This is a really valuable. Your podcast is extremely highly rated. This gives you an extraordinary distinction over the woman who's doing it every three or four weeks from her living room and has a and it's a mess. You know, you're hosted hosted properly. You're in a big place. You get big speakers. You get big talent on your show. This makes you successful. If you can, if you're thinking of doing a podcast, make sure you get up there before you start using that as something to pitch agents on your platform. If you are a person who has some kind of something else that I haven't thought about, you are like the guy I mentioned in the beginning who is a a superstar in Switzerland. He's a superstar in Switzerland because he is the number one guy in his entire industry 
teaching what he's teaching, which is so different from everything you've heard before, that he's amazing. Because the book isn't out yet, I can't tell you what subject matter, but he has trained 65,000 other people in his industry. I'll tell you, he's a psych, uh, he's a famous psychiatrist. He's trained about 65,000 other people in his industry, in his methodology to create this specific result. That's why he's a superstar. If you have something like that, even just one of those, we can build on it. We need something we can build on so that publisher sees that there's money behind you. That's what we need. We want you to be making money in other ways from your idea. The book is not going to be the thing that turns you into magically successful. You have to put in the effort. Then we will all jump on and we will help you grow it from there. I'm about to work with a man who's self-published, who's brilliant. He's got a brilliant book, but the book is not successful. He hired me as a self-published author in order to help him build the other pieces that will give him the chance to sell his second book for a lot of money to a significant publisher and then sell rights around the world. But he has to overcome the unfortunate lack of success for his self-published book. If you've already self-published, there are ways around it, even though it's more work. Fantastic. Wendy, this has been absolutely amazing. Uh, As ever, um, some brilliant thoughts. I think we've got a real sense at the end there, the kind of clients that you work with uh, and and can help them. There's also also the the bookproposalworkshop.com that people can can access in terms of resources as well. Um, so bookproposalworkshop.com. You can also check out um, kellermedia.com for more information about Wendy. Um, Wendy, you got 10 seconds, 15 seconds for final message. Stick with it. Stick with it. There's one big road straight ahead to your goal. Get on the road and follow the path, follow the rules. Look for people who can help you. Fantastic. Brett, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you. And uh, any questions, comments on this, do send me uh, an email at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and please use this to um, uh, to, to write a book um, well um, and think about your platform uh, as well. Really important. And don't start writing that book until you've uh, had lots of uh, advice. So back with you again next week. Do take care. Wendy Keller, once again, it's been a huge privilege. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It's delightful to be with you again. Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.